This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. corrupt country. It's still worth standing up for because at the heart of it is a noble nation, but corruption has taken over. Now, this doesn't mean it'll always be that way. It could change back, but we need better leadership, that's for sure. The federal government and the media are driving the corruption. If you watch us regularly here on the No Spin News and listen to us on our radio stations all across the country, you know that I methodically have pointed that out, that there is corruption here, and it is depressing to me, but I'm going to fight against it, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So the Durham report is finally out, finally out, four years in the making, April 2019, John Durham assigned to investigate the origin of the Federal Bureau of Investigation probe into Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. election between Trump and Hillary Clinton. All that time, four years plus a month, before Durham could write a 300-page report. Okay, I'm a pithy guy, I'm a simple man. We'll get right to the heart of the report so you don't have to read 300 pages. Here is the key passage. Quote, the DOJ and FBI should recognize that lack of analytical rigor, apparent confirmation bias, and an over-willingness to rely on information from individuals connected to political opponents cause investigators to fail to adequately consider alternative hypotheses and to act without appropriate objectivity or restraint in pursuing allegations of collusion or conspiracy between a U.S. political campaign and a foreign power, unquote. That, of course, is the Trump campaign and Russia. So basically that boils down to, in pinheady bureaucratic language, the FBI did not conduct the investigation in a fair manner. Why? Because it wanted Hillary Clinton to beat Donald Trump. Now, the Mueller report um, issued um, in March of 2019, boy, four years ago already, man, Um, here's what Attorney General William Barr said, quote, 
The special counsel found that Russia did interfere with the election, but did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple efforts from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. So the Trump campaign actually fended the Russians off, and Mueller found no collusion. So let's put this to bed. There was no collusion. The Trump campaign did nothing wrong. Okay? And that's a fact. Now, how much did this cost us? It cost us about $12 million at least. $6.5 million for Durham and about $5 million for Mueller. So all the Mueller people and the Durham people live pretty large on us. But that's okay. Because we finally have a stake through the heart of the propagandists who convicted Trump and his campaign of heinous activities with Russia. Remember how they convicted them? Roll it. Uh, This week, we saw cold, hard evidence of the Trump campaign, indeed the Trump family, eagerly intending to collude, possibly, with Russia, a hostile foreign power, to influence American elections. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. The Russians were successful. I don't think there's any way to read that report and not conclude they accomplished what they set out to do. They had an objective to sow discord and divisiveness within our society at large and to help uh, Donald Trump, and they succeeded. Okay, so all three of those people have not issued any apologies at all. Okay, nothing, no perspective, and they get away with it because the media allows them to get away with it. What about Trump lies, okay? How many times have you heard that? A million times? Trump lies. Okay, you want to think Trump lies? Then think that. Well, what about Pelosi lies? Schiff lies? Hillary Clinton lies? Joe Biden says the border's secure. Is that a lie? (laughs) That's not true. So you see, the fix is in, and this is what I'm talking about, about corruption. So not only did the most powerful investigative agency in the world, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, okay, try to influence a presidential election, not only did they do that, but media people allowed Pelosi, Schiff, Hillary Clinton, and thousands of others to convict the Trump people. And now it's like, oh, Now, behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Corruption, in my opinion, humble opinion, is a man named Andrew Weissman. Remember him? Uh, He served as lead prosecutor for Mueller, the special counsel's office. He was the chief investigator. But he did not like the Mueller report at all. No. When it was issued, he wrote a book. And in the book, he says that the special counsel, Robert Mueller, made mistakes and could have done more because Weissman wanted the report to indicate that Trump colluded with Russia. So put Weissman's picture back up. And those of you on the radio listening to me, he's got glasses. He looks like a Washington cat, as Miller would say. Um, And now Weissman is trying to tear the Durham report apart. 
roll the tape on that. When you want to talk about a, a witch hunt or sort of real wasted resources, you know, there are a lot of things to investigate. There are a lot of things that can be useful in government. Um, if John Durham was really just doing an investigation to talk about what are better policies and practices mm -hmm. that the FBI could have and was depoliticizing it, I would have been all for that and said, great, you know what, there's no agency that can't use greater scrutiny. But this was trying to say that there's a big there there when, you know, there's no there there. He's a moron. This guy at the highest level of the Justice Department is a blanket moron. No there there. Uh, yeah, there is. The FBI inserted itself in a presidential election trying to tilt it to Hillary Clinton. Ooh, okay. So is Weissman going to be held accountable? No. Who are the other big shots that cause this? James Comey, former director of the FBI. Assistant director Andrew McCabe, who's on CNN now. And Peter Strzok, the notorious Peter Strzok, who headed the fraudulent investigation. Any of them going to get prosecuted? Or Durham doesn't even mention them. Doesn't even mention their names. They're not getting prosecuted, not under Merrick Garland. So I wrote a message of the day that explains why this corruption continues. So if you've got a director of the FBI, an assistant director, and a lead investigator, and the Mueller report, uh, report says nothing happened, and the Durham report says the FBI knew nothing happened but investigated anyway, somebody should be prosecuted. Right? Right? But no, because the government's corrupt. Justice Department's corrupt. It's just so deflating for a person like me, and I bet you too, who loves our country. It's just so deflating. Anyway, the message of the day, uh, I hope you read it. Post it on BillOReilly.com. You don't have to be a premium concierge member. You just go in there and read it. And that's a memo. Time is our most precious asset. And many listeners seek advice on utilizing it wisely for personal growth and societal impact. Hillsdale College addresses this need by providing more than 40 free online courses on essential subjects. Dive into C.S. Lewis's works, explore Genesis narratives, grasp the U.S. Constitution's significance, unravel the Roman Republic's history, or delve into the ancient Christian church with these valuable courses, all accessible free. Now, you might want to check out Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution, a 12-lecture self-paced course, gain insights into the Constitution's design, its challenges during the Civil War, and its century-long struggles with progressivism and liberalism. You can enroll at hillsdale.edu bill to become a defender of American freedom. Please join now. It's free, easy, and essential for safeguarding our liberties. Visit hillsdale.edu slash bill to register. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundations Never Forget programs engage people in 9 
9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. So let's bring out our guest. He's Dr. Stephen Camerata. You might have uh, seen him on The Factor and then on the No Spin News. I've used him quite often. Uh, he's the director of research for the Center for Immigration Studies, a fair man, and he knows what he's talking about. He joins us from Northern Virginia. So why do you think the surge went down the last few days? Well, first off, we really usually wait longer to get the numbers because it takes a while to put them all together. So let's be cautious. The second thing is two days is not really a trend. Remember, since President Biden came to office, they reported at least through like April, you've had over 5 million apprehensions or what they now call encounters at the border. Uh, so we're at record levels. It could be you can have a little dip or a little increase at any one time, but the scale even so far this year appears to be record setting or near record setting. And remember, because they take so much time processing people at the border, we know that the number of people, which they often call gotaways, the people they see but can't apprehend, they tend to be running at record levels. So it's just possible maybe they stopped some fewer people. It doesn't mean fewer people came. In fact, the evidence probably suggests that's not what happened. Some of the reportage says that the uh, border officials are giving migrants cards with instructions to apply for asylum by uh, phone. And, and they're telling them, you apply for asylum, you don't come here, you could get it on the phone, you'll get an appointment, then you can come here legally. But if you don't do that and we catch you, then we put your name on a list that you don't come back for five years because that's what happened. Once Title 42 ran out, if now if you come in without permission and they deem you to go back to Mexico, you can't come back for five years. Nobody's going to enforce any of that, of course. It's the Biden administration not going to enforce it. But that's what the reportage is, that people now are trying to get appointments to come here by using the phone and um, texting or emailing the immigration authorities for an appointment. Have you heard about that? Right. So they have this app and you're supposed to try to pre-apply for asylum to expedite things, to expedite your release. If you don't use it, you try to sneak in and they catch you, then the idea is, well, then we're, we're not going to consider your claim. Now, there's no evidence they're actually doing this, partly because the app itself, it's not clear it even worked. They're still releasing enormous numbers of people. All the available evidence suggests that it's not going to make much difference, partly because um, they are going to still release people. They're not going to enforce it. There's going to be, obviously, what we're seeing is a lot of people slip past the Border Patrol. And also, remember, they've created this other avenue through parole for select countries. Now, I think, and a lot of other people think, that they're abusing this parole authority by letting people uh, directly in from places like Venezuela and Haiti and some others. But um, that's another way in which we're admitting people not really legally and they can join the illegal population. But here's one other thing, Bill, just to remind your listeners, Title 42 is this provision that let us send people right back to Mexico as a public health emergency because of COVID. 
But the thing is, the Biden administration had largely scaled that so far back. They, yeah, they didn't do it. it in a limited way anyway. They so didn't do it. It's not clear it's ending. Right. Yeah. That's an right. excellent it point. Much different. So that was on the books. They didn't enforce. They haven't enforced anything. And that's why we have what we have. With this tremendous number of people in the last two years since Biden's been in office coming into the United States, in your opinion, what is the biggest downside for Americans living in this country? What is the biggest headline of these people coming in on a negative level? Right. On, on a sort of philosophical level, it's the rule of law, right? For a country to work, to have a democracy, you vote elected officials in, they make laws, and then they're enforced, and they matter. If the laws don't matter, then you don't really have a functioning republic. So that's probably the most important thing. And if you have a situation where the illegal immigrant population, we can't say for certainty, uh, has grown by two or three million, and that's taking into account all the people who go home all the time or get legal status. So since President Biden's come in, we have this kind of unprecedented growth in illegal immigration. It's an enormous slap in the face to everybody who plays by the rules, but also for the rule of law. The other big things are for taxpayers. Each illegal immigrant certainly costs us money, not because they're lazy, not because they all came to get welfare, but the average educational attainment of an illegal immigrant is very modest. They tend to earn modest wages and they tend to use a fair amount in public services, once, particularly once they have children. The other big downside is for American workers. Most Americans are more educated and don't compete with illegal immigrants, but there are about 25 million Americans who work in the sectors where illegals are concentrated construction, building, cleaning, and maintenance, groundskeeping, retail, hospitality, and they tend to be relatively low-paying jobs, not everyone, but mostly, and these are America's poorest workers, least educated. So what immigration really does is kind of kick the poor in the teeth. Again, most Americans don't face the job competition, but those that do are the most vulnerable. But why would somebody uh, hire an illegal migrant over an American who wanted to do uh, the landscaping or the agricultural work or clean the hotel rooms. Why would they do that? Right. So remember, agriculture is largely not in this discussion. Less than 1% of the 160 million people in the U.S. workforce are in agriculture. And um, illegal immigrants, there might be five, 600,000 working there out of the eight or nine million working in the United States. So it's a relatively small portion. Why would illegal immigrants do better? One is social networks. The employer already has a lot of their co-ethnics. So it's easy. Some jobs, if you don't speak Spanish, you don't get. Um, oftentimes, uh, the immigrants might be, and there's some evidence for this, particularly at the bottom end of the labor market, be willing to work for less. So that would give them on a, one up. Employers might just be prejudiced, think the immigrants are better. And let's face it, there are significant social problems among the least educated uh, American workers. We know that the fraction of people, say, who only have a high school education or didn't even graduate high school, if we look at the working age, the share working has been declining for decades. And that reflects a lot of social problems. But one of the things that's happened is wages at the bottom end of the labor market long term in the last 40 years are actually jobs pay much less. And that's undermined work. But there are. We have welfare and disability policies We have that, that undermine work. We also have uh, an opioid epidemic that's undermining work. Um, we don't really have that expectation. There's a lot of things going on at the yeah, bottom I of got the it. market. I got it. So, All yeah. right. Okay, Stephen, keep an eye on a situation. Uh, thank you very much for your expertise. And uh, sure. look, we're not anti-migrant here. I, and I've said it many times, if I were poor, 
uh, father in Mexico, I'd try to sneak in here and get as much money and send it back to my kids and my wife in Mexico. I would. But Stephen made the best point. We don't have law in this country. It's not enforced. We don't have a republic. And right now, the Biden administration and many, many big cities don't enforce the law. Okay, and here's another example, the youth drug crisis. So this comes out of the National Institute of Drug Abuse. And um, it says that kids are using marijuana more than ever before. That's shock. Now it's legal. I told you. Um, Marijuana use on 20 or more occasions in the past month has reached the highest level ever recorded. Percentage of 8th, 9th, 10th, and 12th graders who use pot daily has tripled. You know, you get a kid that age using marijuana, their child, forget it. As soon as you get into intoxication, inebriation, your child is gone. Okay, you got to know that. Legalization is associated with 25% increase in pot use disorder. There's a marijuana disorder where the kid is so discombobulated by it. Um, 25% increase, 70,000 Children younger than 18 had emergency room visits because of pot. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. And I told you this. And DUIs, DUIs are people, I mean, they've increased um, 11 million people in 2021, last stats, admitted to driving under the influence of marijuana. 11 million. Did you know water heaters last about 10 years, refrigerators typically about 13? Every day in our homes, we rely on aging systems and appliances. I do. That means it's time to consider safeguarding your budget from unexpected expenses. American Home Shield has a solution. Pick a plan that's right for you. And when a covered item in your home breaks, contact their professionals to repair or replace it within the agreed-upon coverage limits. It's that easy to stay stress-free and limit budget-breaking surprises. Right now, take $50 off. Please go to ahs.com slash bill to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash bill. $50 off any plan. American Home Shield Protect what you don't expect. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. So joining us now is uh, Gary Franchi from Chicago, who is the lead anchor on Next News Network. First of all, I'm going to give you a big plug at the top. Tell me what Next News Network is. Well, we're an independent online news channel on YouTube that uh, combats the false narratives that are constantly being peddled by the mainstream media, by the leftist media, and, of course, uh, those in the uh, halls of power in Washington, D.C. And we have a a lot of fun doing it. Okay, so you're YouTube-based, and you're a for-profit organization, correct? That's correct. And how long have you guys been in motion? We've had this channel on YouTube for about 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. So you've seen significant changes in the shift away from the traditional television news outlets into the alternatives, correct? Oh, there's no question. There's been a massive shift, especially uh, following the 2016 election. Uh, Our channel received 70 million views uh, in just one month towards the end of the election. And it it represented, see, a lot of the mainstream networks uh, were still focused on basic broadcast and cable content, where we were simply focused and always have been focused on online content. So the shift we clearly saw as the algorithm back then was wide open, people were flocking into the online spaces like YouTube to secure information and news uh, so they could become aware of what's happening in the country and also get narratives that they weren't getting from the mainstream sources. So we saw a dramatic shift in 2016. And that has just accelerated up to 2023 or not? Has it leveled out? Well, after 2016, there was a dramatic shift in the algorithm. We saw the the leftist media. We saw... we saw Donald Trump even come out and start using the term fake news that Hillary and Obama had started to use. You know, Trump came out and co-opted that term. Uh, there was a significant algorithmic shift. There was a panic that set in because we came in through the back door. We were there. We were presenting information. And it caused all of the individuals in the media uh, to try to try to find a way to point fingers. How did this happen? Everyone's looking to point fingers except for Hillary Clinton looking in the mirror. So they shifted the algorithm so that the YouTube videos, if you were to search for Donald Trump or conservative news, it would only surface what they, what they then deemed authoritative content. So now the, the algorithm has been manipulated so that the narratives can be controlled by the corporate masters, if you will, uh, who are in those same newsrooms you were talking about who would control you. But how can, how can YouTube allow censorship, which is basically what you're saying. How can they, well, they, it's their, it's their corporate platform. Uh, you know, when you have people like Adam Schiff who are sending letters to YouTube and Facebook saying there's content on your, on your platform that's dangerous and harmful, then all of a sudden, despite the fact that they have 230 protections, YouTube and Facebook and, and all these platforms, they, they freak out 
they go, okay, we, we don't want to be dragged before Congress, so they go ahead and they shift their algorithmic reach. And also, I do believe that they're, I mean, it's Silicon Valley we're talking about here. You know, this is the, you know, there, there's so many leftists in that, uh, in, in Silicon Valley, in the software world, that they are happy to control the narrative, especially if you look at what Project Veritas, when they broke that story and they had a Google executive who had came out and they, you know, got, got them a little, a little, tipsy and he says we can't afford another trump situation yeah I understand, so, I understand his ideology but your operation hasn't been censored by youtube mine hasn't i mean we send clips to youtube and they don't they just put them up and you know we're responsible well, here we're not doing crazy stuff here well we've had um during the pandemic and of course uh, the post-election we had many videos that were removed from YouTube. We had videos really? uh, that reached 10. Oh yeah, we had one video that had 10 million views uh, that was pushing back against Dr. Fauci and the, the medical narrative that was being pushed by the World Health Organization. Now, did you which, investigate why they, why they removed that? I mean, I understand a public health component. They say this is propaganda or whatever. L let me rephrase the question. Right now, as it stands, because we've had a lot of exposure on the FBI going up to uh, Twitter, uh, all of that. Right now, are you under any censorship guidelines? We have a terms of service at YouTube that we have to strictly abide by. And what uh, is, and give me fact, an example of that. Well, there's certain things you just cannot speak about on YouTube. You can't talk about, uh, you know, the, the effective effectiveness of a certain medication that is, uh, you know, been mandated uh, by the federal government. You can't question the results of certain elections. Uh, and those are two off limits topics. Okay. And so as a they, result, they still are, again, oh, yeah. that's not our experience, but we don't get into that very much. I mean, we're pretty straight in our reporting. And then my commentary is based on fact based. We've never had a problem at all. Let me ask you about Carlson now. So Joe Rogan has made millions of dollars doing his podcast, right? Rogan. Oh, yeah. No, You're he's familiar very with him. Okay. Absolutely. And he's not censored. He's out there and he does his podcast and people find his podcast, right? And then well, the to be clear, he, he did. He was on YouTube for quite some time. And then he signed a contract with Spotify because he felt that the censors at YouTube were too constricting. OK, and he so wanted now he's on Spotify and people find him and his and his podcast and they watch it. He advertises, he monetizes it. Is that what Carlson's going to do? The Rogan model? Well, it's kind of curious that what we've seen last from Carlson, his last video, 130 million views on Twitter. Uh, the fact that he decided to make Twitter his home base, I find kind of curious because Twitter is not really known for presenting uh, itself as a video show platform. That's where, true. That's yeah. true. But he has a relationship so, with Musk, and you got to figure that they have a template that they're going to run out oh, for Twitter. You got to exactly. figure that, right? Oh, exactly. There's, there's going, so this could be a groundbreaking beginning for a new birth of media presentation and distribution on Twitter that we haven't seen before, where an actual show presents itself exclusively on that platform. Right. Very, very groundbreaking. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but no matter what happens, the information flow is going away from the traditional people and it's their own fault, uh, into you and me and Carlson or Rogan, whoever it may be. 
Hey, Gary, we appreciate it. Keep us. If you get censored, Gary, by the way, let us know about it. That's an interesting well, story. We, okay. We, we were just demonetized in February, so we've lost all of our YouTube revenue. Well, that's not good. You got another home you're uh, gunning for? Uh, well, we're going to keep on keeping on here, Bill. All right. Well, I wish you the best, Gary. Thanks for coming on. Now, the press continues to cover for Joe Biden, interestingly enough. So last Wednesday, the House Committee, Oversight Committee, came out with all of these shell corporations showing that $10 million at least passed into the hands of the Biden family from foreign nations. Should trouble everybody. Should trouble everybody. Okay? But no, press doesn't seem to be uh, bothered by it. Roll the tape. You don't actually have any facts to that to that point. You've got, you've got some circumstantial evidence. And the other thing is, of all those names, the one person who didn't profit is uh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything illegally. Well, if you look at the, the laptop and the emails between the president's son and his associates, they went to great lengths to hide Joe's involvement. They even gave him nicknames. They called him the Celtic and the big guy. Uh, but make no mistake, Joe Biden was involved. Now, that questioning was from Fox News. <laughs> so you see what's going on over there. Now, the questioning should have been to the Oversight Committee chair. Um, in four months, you've uncovered all this banking, which is, you know, that's doing their job, Oversight Committee. But how long do you think it is going to take to either accuse or quit the president of the United States? Are you close? Do you have anything specifically? Laptop's not going to matter. Okay, that's what they call hearsay. All right, it's got to be fine. That's what the question should be rather than the interviewer on Fox News going, oh, you don't have anything. Because that's what they did on CNN and MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post. I thought I'd bring that to you. I thought that was very interesting. So President Biden goes to uh, Howard University um, and gives the commencement address, and presidents do that all the time. Very troubling address. Roll the tape. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us, to choose love over hate, unity over disunion, progress over retreat, to stand up against the poison white supremacy, as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland, is white supremacy. All right, so Howard is predominantly black university. I've given speeches uh, at the graduations. What you're supposed to do is give the students hope and encouragement to go out and make the world a better place. It's a cliche, but that's what the graduation speaker is supposed to be. Not stoke grievance, division, and hatred. So the kids graduating kids, with the students graduating at Howard University, they're applauding the danger of white supremacy. Well, yeah, white supremacists are dangerous. And there are cells in the USA. I assume the FBI is surveilling them. But I don't know any white supremacists. And I, if you do, please write to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com. But 
Antifa, the anarchists, they're dangerous too. Why, why is white supremacy more dangerous than people who go and burn down buildings and kill other human beings, other Americans, like Antifa does? You know, I assume the FBI is watching Antifa. I assume the Bureau has this stuff under control. Not out of control where I live. I don't see any white supremacists in New York or Long Island. This is the biggest area in the country. 16 million people in this metropolitan area where I am. I don't, I don't know of any white supremacists here. Now, they exist, but this is an infinitesimal problem. But Biden goes up and stokes this, creating division, telling the students, hey, the white supremacists are after you. That's so bad. I can't even, when I heard that, I did, my jaw just tightened. He's a divider, Biden. And um, he got a doctorate of humane letters. Yeah, sure. Sure. Again, I wrote a column, Biden shame. BillOReilly.com has it. I hope you read it. Let's go to the border. So um, after Title 24 stopped, some anticipated a surge at the border of migrants coming over that did not happen. Roll the tape. Over the past two days... The United States Border Patrol has experienced a 50% drop in the number of encounters versus what we were experiencing earlier in the week before Title 42 ended at midnight on Thursday. Now, I'm not sure exactly why the entries went down, but we had the best analyst in the country on in about two minutes to explain that to us, all right? Because when I don't know, I seek out people who do know. So um, there's a whole bunch of rumors and this and that, but I'm going to wait until we have our guest. In Florida, U.S. District Judge T. Kent Wetherill has put a stay on the Biden administration releasing illegal migrants without a court date. All right, the judge has scheduled another hearing for May 19th, but right now is a federal order that the Biden administration can't release migrants who cross over without a court date for them to appear. And of course, the Border Patrol and the people down there, no, they can't do that. So that's in play too. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.
Okay, cable news ratings. First time, and I guess it happened in early May, but MSNBC on Monday night beat Fox News in prime time. In the 20 years plus I was at Fox, it never happened. Ever happened. Not once. So on Monday, MSNBC had 1,860,000 average viewers. Fox News, 1,720,000 average viewers. CNN, a poultry, 485,000 demographics. MSNBC, this is 25 to 54 viewers, 188. Fox News, 174,000. CNN, 117,000. Put it in perspective, when I, uh, the last quarter that I was on Fox in the O'Reilly Factor, I did about 4 million average a night at 8, another 2 million at 11. That's 6 million combo. So you can see, it's over. It's over. We've discussed that, and but I want to back up my opinion. U.S. State Department says do not travel to Jamaica or Haiti. I've been to both places uh, multiple times, and I agree with the State Department. Do not go to Haiti or Jamaica. Now, Jamaica is just a drug haven. All right. Drug gangs control the island. It is one of the most beautiful places in the world, Jamaica, particularly Negrel in that area. Uh, it is stunning. You go there, you could get in trouble like that, even in a resort area. Drug gangs run it. In Haiti, drug gangs again, drug gangs again. They run the country now, okay? The police non-existent in Haiti. Jamaica... Not really. They're all on a take. They're all bought off. So if you're planning a trip to Jamaica, you might want to reconsider that. I don't want you to get in trouble. And Haiti, forget it. I don't go to Mexico, by the way, and you know that. Smart life. Um, quote wizard. All right. So insurance uh, is ridiculous, car insurance. I've had a big uh, to-do with my insurance agent, Allstate. Been with him for a long time. Don't know if I'm going to continue. They doubled my car insurance rates for no reason. I got a clean record. No reason. Okay. So I'm negotiating now, and they know I'm teed off. All right. So quote wizard, if you go there, it's one word, quote wizard, then you throw in your zip code and, and your auto insurance costs and all that. They analyze it for you. And then they come back with, well, here's the deal you could get or whatever. So check it out, quote wizard. Okay, here's the final thought of the day. So concierge membership is different than premium membership because concierge membership get to ask me questions whenever they want. And we get back to you within 24 hours usually. A lot of the questions are about travel because I can save you a lot of money. Now, I can't save you money on the individual hotels or the rental cars or the flights, but I can tell you where to go, where the better places are. Okay, now, how do I know all this? Well, I've been to 84 countries. Roll the little thing we have for you. Okay, there I am in Zimbabwe at Victoria Falls. Okay, stunning, stunning place. Next one. There I am in Tahiti, the Society Islands, most beautiful place I've ever been in the world. Okay, seven-hour flight from L.A., now, Zambia, 
next to Zimbabwe, orangutans threw rotten fruit at me in Zambia. I swear to God, they didn't get me, but they tried. Primitive country, I must say, not real tourist friendly there. Zimbabwe, a little bit more so. Next one. Uh, Here we have South Africa, fascinating but dangerous. You go there, go on a tour. Do not go on your own. I went on my own. I know what I am doing. It's not a safe place. Next one. There I am in Rhodes, one of the Greek islands, the Colossus of Rhodes. Greek islands, really, really good. Again, better to take a tour. Okay, next one. There I am in Vietnam. What an adventure that was. New story for Inside Edition on the Coochie Tunnels. And uh, boy, oh boy, was that something. They did not want to let me into Vietnam. Turkey. Now, um, I've been to Istanbul. Very fascinating town. Relatively safe. This was on a Turkish coast, which I don't like nearly as much as the Greek coast. Next one. Uh, Here I am in Athens. Okay, and the ruins in Athens are like Rome. I've been to Rome many times, of course. Do we have any more? Let's pop them on up there. Colorado River rafted down it. Unbelievable experience in the Grand Canyon. Oh, there I am in Egypt. Sphinx right behind me. One of the most fascinating places you can visit on Earth. But you got to be careful. There I am on the highway of death with a cannon coming out of my ear. This was right after the first Gulf War. Okay. And there I am in Tokyo. Uh, not my favorite place. Kyoto is a fabulous town in Japan. You got you to gotta fly. Well, you can fly into Osaka, but get out of there. Take the bullet train up to Kyoto and Lake Hakone, and you will thank me. And that's just partially. And there I am in Afghanistan. You do not want to go there. That's for sure. But I was with the rescue guys at Bagram, and it was one of the most interesting experiences of my life. So if you're a concierge member on BillOReilly.com, you get my wisdom. Thank you for watching and listening to us today. And we'll see you again on Monday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.